All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. This episode is part of the Founder Series, where I explore the mental fitness required for entrepreneurs and teams to thrive during the most demanding phases of building a business, because when minds thrive, so do innovations, teams, and businesses. We all win. So today on the show, we've got Michael, who is the co-founder and CEO of Health Via Modern Nutrition, HVMN, building what's next in human nutrition. Prior to HVMN, uh, you must get that often, the, the mixing up of the N and the N. <laughs> Prior to HVMN, he was an adjunct professor of brand strategy at the Academy of Art in San Francisco, product manager at YouTube, and studied CS and design at Stanford. He's also a sub-elite marathoner and lives with his family in LA. Brand new baby. Congrats again and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mark. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, this is going to be fun. You're working on some pretty cool stuff in the world and I, you know, I can't wait to to dive into all of it. But before we do, we've got to get into the first question, which is you know, just to start things light, but you know, who are you? You know, what, what defines you as a human and what's like, what's, what are your characteristics as, as we stand here in front of each other to get uh, today? Yeah, it's, it's good you ask that. I think one of the most productive things I've done in the last like five years was I actually like, wrote out my values and, and put those down on a page. And I, I turned to them from, from time to time when things are hard, it was a hard decision to make because it's it's helpful to have that heading like who are you holding up a mirror to myself that that I can I can come back to from time to time but in, in a literal sense okay I'm Michael I'm 33 I'm from Chicago came out to the west coast went to undergrad at Stanford lived in I've been living in California for the last 15 years lived in northern California for a little over a decade and then just came down to LA live in LA now and I've always been a big technology guy, studied computer science, engineering, and undergrad, have always been interested in that kind of fringe edge between technology and, and humans. So like human-computer mm. interaction was what my my okay. degree was in. And, and, and seeing the, that interface between tech and emotions, user experience, like how does, how does the tech work into our lives? And I've gotten really... My first job out of college, I was a super tech guy. I worked at YouTube at the height of, height of YouTube. Um, Remember Gangnam Style? Remember the yes, yeah, yeah. Wasn't that's that the most popular video at the time? Right? Wasn't that the the biggest video in the world? Exactly. Yeah, it was the first video to cross a billion views, which is a big deal back then. And now it's like random um, <laughs> Ariana Grande single will get a billion views. But yeah. like, yeah, it was a big, big deal. Took the world by storm. First, like global viral YouTube video. Anyway, that, that's when I worked there. And then, and then I got into, I, I basically parlayed my passion for technology into human performance. I think that the human body is the most advanced piece of technology you'll ever own. And when I left Google and wanted to, was really I was poking on a, on a few different startup ideas. And this idea of human performance optimization w was one that really stood out to me. I think humans are the next platform for innovation. And that's what my co-founder and I started this company around, and it would off to the race. Come up it, though, Michael. Yeah. Like I, like I know. Sorry to interrupt you, but it, like I, I know that you're obviously an avid runner, and and 
super passionate about health, but like, when did it, that's one thing. Another thing is like to leave YouTube and start something and like kind of go all in on, on health. Like how did that, yeah. how did that come up? Okay. Okay. So I, this story always cracks me up, which is that my co-founder and I were actually twiddling around on a few different ideas. And I was like co-founder dating with a couple other people. Like, I don't know if anyone's <laughs> ever been at that stage, but uh, okay. I left YouTube without knowing what I was going to do next. It's sort of like when you leave a relationship and you don't necessarily know like who's the next person you're going to date. Like there might be a dating period that you don't necessarily have the next person lined up, like ready to go that sometimes you do. And that's why you break up the yeah. relationship. You get it. You have a new job offer. Okay. Sorry, old boss. I gotta, I gotta leave. I got a new job. Was that For me, scary it was or exciting? It was both. Yeah, it was scary and exciting. But the, my rationale was like, I don't know what I should do. And I need some space mm. to think about it. Maybe it'll take a year or two years. And yeah. I can't in earnest tinker while I'm also full-time at this pretty intense job at, in big tech. I'm trying, you know, I'm not going to like phone it in there. Like I, I, I wanted to do a good job for while I was there. And it just didn't leave enough like enough calories left in the day to like also ideate on great startup ideas. So I needed to leave in order to make the space for that. Hmm. And my rationale was look, like I had a lot of friends going to business school or other other things like that, law school. And I was like, hey, look, even if I don't figure out a startup idea and I just like while away for one or two years here. It's gonna be a hell of a lot cheaper than an MBA. Like it's it's like because <laughs> an MBA you're sure. also not taking a salary, but you're also going like you know 50k plus in debt each year. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna get I'm gonna get my MBA via trying things out. So I tried out like I don't know, three, four or five different startup concepts. And okay, here's the funny, here's the kicker is that while I was doing these these different startup, I had this thing where you could like order pizza with the tap of a button. It was like Uber for pizza. It's like just, it would find the closest pizzeria to your house using magic and the pizza would just show up. And it was just like one tap, just like with Uber. Um, <laughs> I, awesome. I had a few, the, I, I had another thing where you could like sit, it would, um, you would send in your paper. If you take paper notebook notes, we would, uh, it was called paper sync and we would like scan it and upload it to the cloud and then mail it back to you in perfect condition. And you would just have like a perfect high res PDF scans, you know, for, all of these like had some degree of like hook product market fit or not. And then along the way, along the way, as I was jamming on this, doing some co-founder dating, ideating on things, I started making my own nootropic stacks. I started mixing caffeine with L-theanine with Bocopa Monieri and reading like the <laughs> subreddit for nootropics and saying, okay, I want to crush it at the startup. So like, let me get the best possible fuel. Like, okay, caffeine is interesting, but you can clearly stack some things on top of caffeine to get a better performance profile. And that was a means to an end of like, how can I crush at these other startup ideas? But then my co-founder and I, like, it was kind of that like dumb smart moment. Where we're like, Hey, why don't we take, like we're mixing this stack. We're literally buying bags of powder off the internet and mixing it for our own stack to supercharge, crush all these other startup ideas. It was like, okay, why don't we make, why don't we try this side project and just try selling our stack? So we made this company called Nutrobox where it was, okay. where we like, we took our special stack and we put it up on a on a landing page, posted it on the sub the Reddit uh, nootropic subreddit. We put it on uh, Hacker News, a few other places, and I, we got like fifty people that like subscribed to it in like a weekend. And we're like, okay, that's pretty cool. Like that's, that's not bad. Right? It's like a, it's like not bad. Like fifty people that had like put in a credit card and said, I will subscribe. And then 
And then we got on our horse and we figured out how to like go actually make this into a business. And I mean, that was, that was in like 2014 at this point. So a while ago. And, and since then we've, we've just been launching product after product in that space of human health and performance. And really, I, along the way, we, we really honed in on ketones at like exogenous ketones is as really what we see is like the billion dollar opportunity next macronutrient can talk more yeah. about that. But basically that's, that was a Genesis story. That's so cool. I mean, I, I have to ask, because I mean, the, the language you use around that early company, like the stacks, you know, uh, is that, I mean, I use practice stacking in my world of mental fitness, and I'm, I'm lifting that from tech stacks, which I have to say, you must be, there must be a link there coming from, from the tech background, no? Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> stack, it's a very common, like, what's your stack is a, uh, I, that can mean, and now that you mention it, it can mean something totally different depending on the context, right? If someone's like a software developer and say, hey, what's your stack? If someone is a... Uh, That's not normal you, though. I only know that because I, I, you know, I was working on that app. I remember coming into that, th that world and people were throwing that around like, hey, yeah, this is the text. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Tech stack. Like, that's not, it's not a, an everyday uh, terminology, maybe in, maybe in California, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then on the nootropics boards, people ask, what's your snack, stack? But they mean like, are you microdosing acid while you're drinking okay. your coffee? And like, what's your stack, yeah, yeah. bro? Like, what's your, like, or what's your pre-workout stack? I think it's, it's funny. Maybe there's a little a little insight around that where, yeah, and maybe it's not a normal thing. And these are all like weird fringe communities. I don't know, software development or nootropics or whatnot. Yeah. Mental health. Like, like, but I think this idea of stacking is an interesting line to draw across these areas where I think that if you are going for some level of peak performance, like whether that's a software setup or whether it's nootropics or whether it's mental health, I think what you're pointing out is like, there's some level of stacking that you do. Like you kind yeah. of figure out one, one layer, you let the cement dry on it, and then you put another layer and another layer. And there's this like magic of compounding across it where it's like, you're not trying to be your perfect self tomorrow. It's like, we're going to work on one thing yeah. for X number of days, and then we're going to solidify that and then stack something on top of it. And then, and like with nootropics, I mean, as a, as a example, it's like generally you don't just like throw six ingredients together and start like slamming it. You kind of like layer it on, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. You like, you like, you try a few things. Hey, does this actually work for me? Okay. When I add this on, does this actually like you, you so in a, with a similar mental model, you, yeah you layer on and you like, you see what's actually working for the desired output. Um, and you try to test it and be as objective as possible about it with, you know, biomarkers or doing like, like on-screen tests to see if like your cognition, things like that. Well, it's, it, I find too, like the nice thing about it is it's like, it's fun, right? It's fun to experiment with shifting things around at, like you said, adding things in. I mean, for me, the, on the mental fitness side of things, like the one, the the stack I've been experimenting with the most and seeing the most benefit is jumping in an infrared sauna blanket while doing breath like doing a breath work circuit right and then you know well what if I just tried a regular meditation or what if I just did you know visualization while in there on my own but I'm finding like this guided breath work and it's uh, if anyone's interested it's uh the app is one of the best I've seen so far called Othership and um yeah, this is like, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah well, two well, thumbs up. I should I shouldn't say. I mean, Robbie's been on the on on the um, 
the founder of the company, Robbie's been on the on the podcast. So if anyone uh, wants to check out more into that, just just look up that that um, that episode. But yeah, it's just like it, it's such a beautiful for me at least, such a beautiful way to kick off the day if you're jumping in you know, doing a sauna blanket uh, a couple times a week with some breath work, you're just, you're fired up, right? And then, fire, you know, layer on some of, this is where we can go from mental fitness stacking to nootropics, layer on some uh, some of your ketones and look out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love it, I think. So let's I talk, let's talk yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, because I, I mean, why don't we just, um, why don't you just provide a, a, a brief description or update on you know, the core product in, in, in your company. And, and then if you'd love, if you, if you can, and I would love for you to jump into the whole, uh, operation metabolic dominance or peak soldier performance. Cause that's a pretty cool, I mean, it's, it's probably a nice lead in. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about it. Okay. So our, our flagship product, again, like we've, we've looked around a lot of, a lot of different active ingredient types to adjust human performance improved for certain objective outcomes, whether that's focus or athletic performance and whatnot. And the one that we've really honed in on is ketones. And a lot of people have heard about ketones because they've heard about the ketogenic diet, keto diet, ketogenic diet. Yeah. And and like good, bad and ugly things about that diet. Um, I don't do the ketogenic diet, but I will like describe it as a reference point because that's where I think a lot of people have heard about ketones where basically when you eat really low sugar, low carb diet, your blood glucose will drop. If you're also exercising or fasting, those will also burn excess glucose. And then your body will start using its fat stores, turning that into something called ketones. And it will be ketones that are supplying your brain and your muscles with fuel. This is as old as, as humans. So humans have been making ketones in their body for, you know, 300,000 years, as long as there's been humans, we've been able to do ketogenesis because the key thing here is that fat cannot cross your blood brain barrier and humans have very big brains, the, the biggest brain for our body size of any, any animal on the planet. And when you're running low on glucose, which is normally the fuel for your brain, what's your brain going to do? You've, you can't use fat, so our body used developed a way to turn fat into something called ketones. That's what supplies your brain when you're starving or low carb. And by the way, like ancient humans didn't have, there's no frosted flakes on the savanna. Like it was often yeah. the case that we would run low carb. So I, I don't think ancient humans did a pure ketogenic diet, but they did what I try to do too, which is like a lowish carb, right? Like there's sometimes there's berries and grains and whatnot, but like, but like, you're not supposed to be having like three meals a day plus snacks of all refined carbohydrates. Your body's supposed to be kind of going in and out of a low carb state, in and out of generating ketones. Yeah. Okay. We're so that's like what the, it keeps, yeah. We're like the opposite of that. I mean, I, I, yeah. I experienced that obviously uh, for longtime listeners of the show. I mean, uh, I've been working with the with the docs over at Thrive Medicine and and whatnot, and I've, I've shared this before. They popped me on a continuous glucose monitor, and it was eye-opening like I consider myself a pretty healthy individual and you know fairly active and, and so forth and watch what I eat but it was it wasn't until doing that tracking that I started to realize holy smokes like our routines and just breakfast is a great example it's like speaking of stacking I mean it's carbs stacked 
all the way that, you know, in terms of the easy options, right? Or what people are used to, like, oh, yeah, I'll have a toast or I'll have cereal or even in my case was homemade granola. But still, you know, just spiking with glucose. Um, So anyway, it's I I think you bring up a really good point. I mean, it's just there's carbs everywhere. So, you know, we kind of have to pause the autopilot of, of life and and ask some questions and make sure that we can balance this out a little bit. Yeah, people, a lot of people don't know that cereal was invented like a hundred years ago, like within your grandparents or great grandparents lifetime, it was invented as like a super cheap way of providing calories via like refined carbohydrates. And there's actually, if you want to really go like down the rabbit hole that like the early, like Joe Kellogg, what was his name? The original Kellogg was like developed cereal because it had these known like effects of of like reducing libido and animus and like and like basically taming the populace like if you want to really go down the rabbit hole that that like carbs like cereal was developed to to quell the masses um so so cereal is not this like normal thing i think that the marketing (laughs) behind these companies is like genius you know it's hundreds of millions of dollars billions of dollars over many many years to convince you that like coca-cola is a normal thing that like honey nut cheerios is like a great way to start the day right like that uh nutrigrain bar whatever like like it's all been like not to go totally red pill red pill on this but i am kind of red pill on it like i a lot like you go into a 7-eleven or or a lot of people in a grocery store some good advice just good back to the a good rule of thumb advice is like, don't shop anything in the aisles, like stay on the perimeter, all the stuff in the aisles in a grocery store, all the stuff inside of a Seven Eleven is like extremely processed. There's no like natural reason to be having that much processed carbs directly. The the perimeter is where your vegetables and meats and and like normal whole foods are stick there uh, where our nutrition does not match to what our body is meant to be processing all the time. I think it's worth a thought. I, I do think that there is it, the modern nutrition context is misaligned. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, so going back, you, you don't have to go very far on that one. I mean, the, I think what's the stat I saw recently? Only tw- twelve, nearly just under thirteen percent of the U.S. population is metabolically fit or metabolically yeah. healthy. I mean, yeah, that's... eighty-seven, eighty-eight percent of us are not. It's <laughs> like it's astounding. Yeah, yeah, but not surprising and, when you have 80 plus percent of the grocery store, to your point, basically slowly killing you if you're not really paying attention to what you're eating there. Yeah, so I think, I mean, we can pull on this thread all day because it's like, <laughs> there's things like, like, oat, like oat milk, like has this brand. I think they're a new example where like, they're, they're not, you know, a hundred year old brand. They're like a 10 year old brand, uh, like Oatly, oat milk and stuff like that, where that's something like it, it's brand is like super healthy because it's, you know. It's non-dairy, it's oats. And it's like, you look at the back of it, it's like, it's a lot of sugar. And then it's like low-grade seed oils and like emulsifiers. It's not like this healthy, yeah. awesome thing for you. So anyway, we can, we can yeah, pull yeah, that. Let's, so, so, let's go back to what you're building. <laughs> back, yeah, back, back, to, back to ketones. So, okay, the whole thesis here is that ancient humans had elevated levels of ketones. We were eating less carbs. We were moving around more. We're fasting slash starving more. We were doing all these things that would induce our body to make more ketones. All that is still really helpful and good to do in the modern context, intermittent fasting, doing something active every day, eating low carb. We have also now invented a tool 
which is just a drinkable ketone. So you can directly drink that 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 same ketone that uh, that your body would make, and so you can elevate your own ketones directly anyway. Um, there was okay, so so human bodies always made ketones in the early 20th century, so in the early 1900s. That was when doctors were first seeing medical applications of ketones, where there are these patients with epileptic seizures and their children, and they noticed the doctors did a test where they saw that by by having half of the population go on a ketogenic diet, they were, they were able to reduce instances of seizures. That basically there was something about this ketone that was able to change the way people's brains were functioning. That or or put differently. Their brains were not able to properly metabolize glucose, so having mm-hmm. ketones as an alternative was really interesting. That was in the early 1900s. A lot of research done over the century around, you know, Krebs cycle and understanding how metabolism really works and how like, the body's reaction to fasting and different types of, of challenging circumstances. In the early 2000s, DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Association, which many people know because they they invented like the early internet and radio. Yeah, yeah. They do all these like f- cool frontier technology things that don't hit the mainstream market for like 30 years slash ever. Like they're very, yeah. <laughs> very frontier, like, I don't know, invisibility cloaks and stuff. Like they, they do like crazy, crazy future stuff. And, and some of that becomes the freaking internet or ketones or, or the, or radio waves. They, they're very far advanced uh, on all that technology stuff. Anyway, in the early 2000s, they had a program called Operation Metabolic Dominance, where they worked in partnership with the NIH, the National National Institute of Health, to basically make a ketone. Because people have known for all these years that, that ketones have these special effects. What if we could just make one? So they, they figured out how to make it, and they did some of the some really interesting science around it where they saw how efficient it is. Hey, this turns into cellular ATP, the energy currency of your cell. This turns into cellular ATP using 28% less oxygen, and it causes less metabolic stress in doing so, less re- reactive oxygen species. Like it's, it's, more, it's a more clean fuel. It was still, so when DARPA did this in the early 2000s, it was still super expensive. It was like $20,000 a dose and tasted, it was like almost, it was like battery acid, undrinkable, people wanted to throw up. But it was like a very cool proof of concept. Like, okay, we yeah. isolated the damn thing. In the in 2015, 16, this is when my co-founder and I were kind of rolling on on this Nutrobox project, and we were doing intermittent fasting. I did a we did a seven day long fast at some point. We were doing a lot of cool like wearing continuous glucose monitors, doing a lot of like biohacking, and the ketogenic diet was really trending. That was you know 2015, 16, bulletproof coffee, low carb, high fat, mm. ketogenic diet. And my co-founder and I, we just went to, we were like, okay, what's like the most first principles way to think about this? Like, what is the ketone? And that's where we dusted off the research from DARPA and we're like, okay, there's a way to make a ketone. Like it's been done. And then we, we hired some people and we got to work. And in 2017, we launched the first ever ketone drink where we basically took that insight from DARPA and NIH, we figured out a way to productize it. Our first big customer on that was we re-engaged with U.S. Special Operations Command and got a $6 million contract going with them on this new stuff. We sell to Tour de France teams, all sorts of exciting stuff. Uh, And then that was in 2017. It was still pretty expensive. It was still like 
it wasn't twenty thousand dollars, but it was still like thirty dollars a shot, which is like a lot. Like that's ten times more than your coffee. Yeah. It in uh, in this year, so twenty twenty two in January twenty twenty two, we relaunched version two, which we've been calling Ketone IQ. And that we finally made it at like a reasonable price point where it's $4 a dose, tastes reasonable and works. And now it's like, okay, we can, we, yes, we're still working with Navy SEALs and Tour de France teams, but we can also put it next to your athletic greens or your yeah. Four Sigmatic or mud water or cup of coffee. Like it can, it's more in the arena of like, like a CBD or a collagen or like a nutritional sure. primitive that you might have on a daily basis. And, and not to mention, it's also like opening up a lot of science. Cause a lot of researchers, they don't have infinity budget, like being able to provide, you know, there's cancer researchers, there's Alzheimer's researchers, there's researchers, there's diabetes researchers, all these major areas of disease investigation have looked at ketogenic diet for X at some point. Hey, what does the ketogenic diet do for Alzheimer's? Alzheimer's seems to interfere with your brain's ability to metabolize glucose. What if we have participants do the ketogenic diet? Okay, they show some interesting effect, but the conclusion is always like the ketogenic diet is a pain in the butt. Like it's really hard to adhere to. Yeah. So now that we have an affordable, drinkable ketone that directly elevates your ketone levels to that same level as though you were doing the ketogenic diet for, for many days and like very strictly and following all the rules, not touching carbs, all of a sudden all the, light, all the, all the lights are going off with all these different research groups and all these interesting therapeutic areas. I'm not, I don't, I want to be very careful to say this is not like panacea. It's magically going to cure all these things. But where we're at right now is like a lot of these researchers now have a tool to go in and investigate like the extent to which ketones can affect X, Y, Z therapeutic condition. And it's super interesting. Like we, we have a lot, a lot around like Alzheimer's and traumatic brain injury in particular, interesting work we're doing with like UCSD around cancer, um, I use the royal weeds. Like, like there's a there's a principal investigator at UCSD who's like using our ketone um, to do his great work. So, awesome, awesome. Hello, everyone. I first wanted to say thanks for being here, and I hope you're enjoying the show. I wanted to let you know if you're interested. I just launched the Better Questions newsletter designed to provide you with a consistent 15-minute opportunity to pause and think because a pause leads to clarity and operating with intention where we all win and thrive. The newsletter is short, simple, and practical, providing you with three quality reflective prompts and mental fitness twice a month. But as always, I'll adjust the frequency based on your feedback. Never forget, at any point, you are always one question away from a completely different life or outcome. You can sign up over at BehindTheHuman.com, which will also give you a free preview of my debut book, Personal Socrates. BehindTheHuman.com. Now back to the show. I would actually, well, first of all, thank you for sharing all of that. And it's super, it's super exciting to know that people are and, and really smart researchers are doing some awesome work around all these different disease states and so forth. Like, I mean, it just provides a lot of hope and, and promise. Um, just for this audience, I'm really curious, like the day to day, regular kind of person, you know, normal job type thing, you know, like how, how, how does a product like this or this kind of 
of science or technology, I guess, human technology, let's call it. Uh, how does it, how does it help us? And like, I guess maybe the other thing is I'm always curious, like how, how did your own product help you actually build the business from a mental fitness standpoint and keeping your mind sharp and clear? Yeah. I love, I love that question. It's like, you imagine that at like Slack headquarters, they're like using Slack, right? Like, like you're, you're using your own product to like, build your own product like we're here sipping ketones as we're building a ketones business um i think that's that's like a special superpower i think that not all companies necessarily have but if you're making something that affects yeah if you're making something that can be part of one stack and then it's part of your stack at your company it kind of gives you this like virtuous cycle the the way i use it is is really simple like i'll have it first thing in the morning i I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting. You you have this natural overnight fast where you're not eating for eight hours. If you can extend that in the morning for another X hours, I don't know, eight hours. If you can if you, if you can constrain your eating to an eight hour window more or less, and then be fasting during the other sixteen, I think that's generally yeah. a good practice. I mean, you know, everyone should try for themselves, see what's working or not. A lot of people really like the way that they feel from that. It gives your body a, a, a period of time to catch up with everything you've eaten, to to clear out your GI system, to metabolize any blood glucose. You maybe get into you start making ketones towards the end of that fast, especially if you're doing if you're an active person or eating low carb. It gives your body a chance to kind of replicate that ancient scenario that ancient human where you're like you're just not eating three meals a day around the clock plus snacks we're not designed to be stuffing our face like that (laughs) yeah so so i love the like overnight fast and then in the morning i'll have black coffee athletic greens i'll have a shot of ketones and it basically extends that you know no carb fasting window Uh, a lot of the reason why people like fasting is that it, it helps their body to elevate ketones they feel really sharp off of it so i like i like having a little shot of ketones to basically double down into that it, where okay. th- that's like the simple answers i just have it first yeah. in the morning daily ritual with with my other my, the rest of my stack first yeah. thing in the morning and then and then i'll have it like kind of w- like once in a while as needed throughout the day like i'm i'm like well this is kind of my first thing in the morning here right right now but a lot of times like during a podcast i'll sip on it or like if i'm going to a big meeting i'll have it so like it kind of for me flips the lights on in a way that's that i actually prefer over caffeine because sometimes caffeine makes me a little jittery so if i have an important meeting or call where i really want to be switched on for it i'll have some ketones during that and you won't crash like caffeine right right there's not this like because caffeine's not actually giving you energy, right? It's it's a it's a hormone blocker. It's like adenosine is is the sleep hormone, and caffeine goes and blocks that. Uh, ketones are actual energy. Like there's you know there's calories in a ketone. It's a very efficient form of calories. It's way better for you. It's actually good for you for, versus table sugar that is you know in, in the extreme like just straight sugar that's like very not good for you. Um, so it, ketones are energy. There's there's like very efficient, clean form of energy uh, that you don't really crash from. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you. I mean, yeah, I, like anything we can do to, 
to make these like micro adjustments in our routines and uh, you know, what we're putting in our body. Cause I talk about this in terms of mental nutrition often, but like, you know, obviously our, our physical nutrition is what like just, there's so many little micro adjustments we can make to just dial in that, that setup. Right. And, you know, just course correct. So to your point, like we're not, we're not just throwing garbage into our bodies and minds. I mean, and then, and then expecting those things to perform at these like elite levels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's exactly right. And I think an interesting spot that we're in right now is, is with the advent of all this hardware coming out, like, like aura rings, whoop, Garmin, Apple watch, you can measure what, your outputs actually are. So you can see like a lot of people I know, I'm curious about you and the listeners out there. Like a lot of people I know, they don't drink caffeine after noon anymore because their aura ring will bark at them. It's like they get a low sleep score and it's like, well, okay. Like if if that's changing people's behaviors and that's just one example, right? Like people Mm -hmm. using levels, people using, uh, using whoop or some other footstep counter, like adjusting their behaviors based on not not just like they read a blog post on it, but like I think hardware and these sensors are taking things to another level where you're able to objectively measure how you're doing. It's not just a qualitative check-in, although that is obviously super important. Like you need to go off of how you feel as well, but like the objective measure as a super helpful layer that I think like the forward look on nutrition for the next decade is going to look completely different because I, and everything else, not just nutrition, all the other, like your entire stack of nutrition wellness all of that be, is going to is going to change and get more objective because we have the tools to be able to measure things better yeah where do you where where are we at on uh, from, from your perspective on on the mind you're like because i'm trying to think like you've get for aura uh, aura ring and whoops and stuff like that like you get these readiness scores right which i guess you can kind of link that to but that's normally linked to more like exercise right yeah. Is there anything right I now that you're point. aware of where it's like, you know, from based on what, whatever you're doing, like you, you have a, like a mental clarity score or something like that, or like a mental agility score that you're ready to go or performance or something like that. The, I, I think short answer is no. I mean, that's a really cool idea. Uh, there are things I, that you could do, for instance, you could do like a, there are brain games where you can like, you know, little memorization quizzes or basically like little computer games where in theory you could test yourself at different points of the day. And it's like, Hey, when I'm really fresh first thing in the morning, I'm scoring in the nineties on this. And then like after umpteen zoom calls, my score is lower. I'm not mentally ready, but yeah. that's more of like, I, that doesn't like exist yet. And it's, I don't think really being used in that way or discussed in that way that, that you're saying where account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, it, exactly, exactly. Like, I think, I think people, I think you're right. It's like a lot of what, what these readiness scores point to is like body rel- readiness or maybe brain readiness. But like, the brain is a different thing from the mind too. Like, yeah. like, how is your like? What's your mind readiness? I don't. I think it's a great idea, Mark. <laughs> okay, well, let's let we can talk after the show about that one. <laughs> this can be part of uh, like when you left Google there and it was uh, dating co-founders and we can fire this thing up. <laughs> yeah, 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 I love it. Um, you know, just I just want to I want to respect your time, so I, I I'm going to start wrapping up, but I want to before doing that, I definitely want to jump into 
uh, I guess the core focus of, of this docu-series and, and just around the idea of mental health, mental fitness, and just like keeping your mind in, a, in an optimal state to, you know, just to, to make good decisions and to lead the team and, and kind of see the, the steps, the steps forward while building a business, you know, like yours, where you're, you're bringing in, you know, $6 million contracts. And uh, from my understanding, you know, around that series A, series B investment range, like there's, there's got to be a lot of pressure um, building a business when you have, especially when you have investors as well. Cause I, I remember when we were trying to raise money for our app, you know, you know, things, the comments we would get was, you know, people think like once you get the money that the problems go away and it's more like now you have million dollar problems that come up. Right. So it's not like it, the pressure, uh, dissipates. Yeah. I, well said. I, it, it does not dissipate when you get investors and there's always more work to be done. I, my first response to what you said is like, is just don't look down. Like you're, at, you're climbing some very, very tall mountain. Like don't look down. Like don't, yeah. don't psych yourself out. Like just don't, don't look like down. That. Like, like you're at a crazy, yeah. There's a, like, when you really put it that way, like, oh, sheesh. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure. It's like, I got like 15 people plus other like careers and families and you know their reputation and like and being a steward of capital for my investors and like yeah it's a lot of pressure i i don't really think about it too much because i i'm a big skier and i i, I know you're getting into the snow sports too it's, it's like yeah so you just got to send it like I, like you're at the top <laughs> of the double black like yo stop <laughs> thinking just just go just flow just do it. Just trust your body. Like you've done it. You can do it. Like, just don't think too hard about it. There's something where the like conscious mind will trip you up. You need to be able to trust your intuition. One of my absolute all time favorite quotes from, from Alan Watts, I'll, I'll mm. pull it up here just to make sure I get it completely right is, is that even the best informed person ultimately comes to a leap of intuition before making a decision. Yeah. So love that. What, like one way I think about it is that like your, you, your conscious brain is kind of the sculptor is able to like make little additions little by little to, to your psyche, but that like your psyche is what's really driving the ship like you can do a ski mm -hmm. lesson you can really focus on some little aspect of your form or whatever but when it's time to send it like stop trying to be conscious about it just go and like just a go, lot of times yeah. true in business it's like you can get a coach you can read a book you can dial in some aspect of your thinking but like day by day like don't think so hard about it like like trust your intuition like you're in the spot because because you have good judgment good intuition like just ride it yeah. And then also spend, spend your consciousness, like trying to improve your subconsciousness. We got to trust yourself. You got to yeah. trust yourself. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, so, so on that, on that theme, I guess, like, what, are there any, any practices? I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're obviously, uh, quite passionate about, you know, physical fitness and running and skiing and things like that, which helped tremendously with for our minds, but have you, have you picked up any practices that you've noticed have been really helpful for you 
to just keep that focus and like not look down, right? And just trust. Cause like there isn't there's definitely, I totally understand that the the you know, trust that you're on the right journey, trust that you have the capabilities, but our minds, our minds are still wired to to survive in fear states, essentially, right? So it's like you're always oscill oscillating from both of those states. And some people are yeah. better at just okay, reframing or rechanneling that and getting back onto like more of a creative thriving state, uh, which is the don't look down part, right? So yeah. what's help for you? One thing I do that surprises a lot of people is I just don't really take meetings after like 2 p.m. Mm. I just cut it off. Like my, if I, unless it's like P0, like whatever, something's on fire. Like if we're scheduling a meeting, we want to talk, it's like I, I have, I use my little Calendly tool or whatever will coordinate. I don't really do meetings like in the afternoon. I don't like, I don't like doing long hours of meetings in the day. Like I, yeah. for me, like three, four hours of meetings is plenty. And then I need some time to decompress, follow up, get my own time back. And this is all in service of what I think of as like, you got to play offense, not defense. You can't just be like chasing around because every, every call you're in, every meeting is like, there's other people with their own agendas and they want to do things. Like that's all good. And sometimes that's very productive, but, but I think that the best way to not be scared is like, okay, you let you you have all these inputs, all these meetings, all these ideas, whatever. Like you got to like all these emails in your inbox, Slack pings, you yeah. got to like take it all, then like collate it down to like, what's your actual agenda to do list? Like, what are you trying to do like with inputs from today, like what does tomorrow need to look like? And don't let tomorrow just be another day of like chasing around from one call, one meeting to the other, to the next. It's like, like only take, like only take as many meetings as like minimally necessary. Like I yeah. like to be, to be as much in my, like, you want to be, you want to be like your own, like Picasso or Maya Angelou or whatever. Like you want to be master of your craft in your own headspace doing your zone of genius stuff, interacting with the world is needed, but like the primary mode has to be like playing offense and authoring your own life. Oof. And the there, secondary the mode, of the, show. <laughs> the secondary mode is like, inter, is like interfacing with other people to like move it forward. But like, you don't want to be in that reactive defensive, like oh, I'm just chasing everything around mode. Like, yeah, you're in the cockpit yeah, in mode. Yep. 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 Yeah, I found the show. the show title there. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally wrote that down. <laughs> no, it's I, sorry. I just uh, can you go over on that note? Can you go over five minutes or? Sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I don't have a hard stop. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, because I noticed this as well, and 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 often it's usually you know journaling or something in the morning before the day starts. Just seeing, like, looking at my calendar, and being like, ah there's not a lot of space there. And, and like, you can almost predict what that's going to feel like by the end of the day. Right. It's like, sure. You're probably going to have great conversations there might be some, you know, some, some meeting blocks in there that are, were a waste of time. But at the end of the day, like if you can't process what's happening in those conversations and you can't actually think and to your point, actually do your work as well, you can only go down that track for so long. Right. And I, feel I completely agree. I, I think you're borrowing, you're robbing Paul to pay Peter. Like you're you're stealing from today and you're going to more than lose out 
from from tomorrow and the next day. Like if you squeeze, if I work, okay, I'm a high stamina guy. I run marathons. I'm a pretty high energy dude. Like I can work for 14 hours today. Like I can 100% do it. But tomorrow I'm gonna be brain dead, and then the next day. I'm going to still be kind of zoinked and like, it's going to zap you. So like, I think about this, like with marathon running, it's like, yeah, I can run a really fast mile, but I run like semi fast miles instead. And then I can stack 26.2 of them together. It's like, go, don't overdo it on a day. Like you're borrowing too much from, from the future. Like you're, you're robbing yourself of your energy in a way that's not productive. And I think, one thing that was really weird to me is like, yeah, I think I'm a pretty high stamina dude. And I'm here saying like, Hey, I can, I only have like X number of like good hour, I don't know, four or five good hours of like high EQ, high IQ, being fully present there on a zoom call, like really grokking it, really soaking it up. Like, I don't think most other people have as high stamina as me. And I also think a lot of other people in a professional context are doing way more meetings than me. And I'm just yeah. wondering what that looks like 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 i i'm pretty I, I think we need to be making fewer decisions that are higher quality and whether those involve like delegating things out to other people making the right hiring decision make having the right product aha moment getting the right like just really thinking about things really be, putting together a thoughtful email to the right investor like go like yeah going a little slower, but with more intent. I feel like it's weird to even say that, but like, that's the, it's very counter to where everything's headed with like TikTok and constant buzzing on your phone and all that. But it's like, I don't know, sometimes you just want to be like George Washington, like writing letters in the, in your little, (laughs) like your little nook, like, right. No one can bother you just think sitting down, writing a letter to a correspondence and like shipping off and like, thinking about it and then you'll yeah. you'll hear back from them in like a fortnight and like you're just like very high intent thinking about what you actually want to do in life you're not getting buzzed and distracted and yanked around all the time i love that that's a great great <laughs> example uh, i guess last question for you then just on that theme like are you are you doing any type of meditation journaling or any like any like what practices i guess do you find help still your mind so that you can recognize, right? When you're like, oh, yeah, you know what? I've got too many. There isn't enough time to think there without like obviously just physically looking at your calendar, but those mental check yeah. checkpoints. I, yeah, I do a few things. One is uh, I run pretty much every day. That always ends up being very meditative for me where I can just let the mind clear out. Like I can't can't check my phone. I don't bring my phone with me. I can't follow up on this or that. And then I end up having a a lot of self-reflection like how are they oh man i was i was kind of a prick in that meeting or hey like i should really connect a and b person and have them talk to each other i think that like i don't even need to be involved there if a and b just talk directly i can like mm-hmm. see myself out of that conversation like let's yeah I, I i i the lights go off when i'm when i'm running ideally and I'm running is a good like meta check-in too because like what i like to do when i'm running is not even be thinking about like oh i gotta get like Richard and Alyssa talking to each other. It's like, ideally I'm able to not even think about anything. It's like there it's, it's truly meditative. And like, it's sometimes like the first half of the run is I'm still like connecting all these dots and what I, I try to like, let it go. I try to let the like thoughts pass through me. I like to be in a spot where all I'm thinking about when I'm running is 
like my breathing and my like hearing my feet on the ground and mm. and like not active brain trying to chew through work. It's like, I, I feel like there's like barnacles I need to scrape off for the first few miles of the run where my brain's going a million miles a minute. And then, and then as I get, it's like almost as I get a little bit more tired, a little bit of runner's high more, you know, I've been off my, off of a screen for long, you know, however yeah. long, half hour, 45 minutes. Like finally my brain gets into like a nice soft spot. That's really yeah. nice. So the mental fitness right there. Cause that shows up that, that for sure, that that's the training that, you know, to keep on the analogy of, of a marathon. I mean, that's the training that's going to help you during race day, which for our minds is our work day typically. Right. I mean, yeah. it makes perfect sense what you're doing. Yeah. I think that's a really good analogy where, where there's only so many people that play in like the NBA plus the NFL plus the MLB, right? There's like, I don't know, a few thousand people in all of the U S that play in these like pro sports leagues. Meanwhile, every single one of us every day is like trying to get pro level at our, what it is that we're doing, whether, mm -hmm. whether it's like spreadsheets or podcasts or emails or, or whatnot, I shouldn't say everyone, but like there's, there's like a thousand times more people that are trying yeah. to be, be masters of their craft and they're not Tom Brady or something, but like you're trying to be good at your own professional vocation. And I think it's, I think it's a good point you make, which is a good analogy you draw, which is like, if athletes are doing these things, like they have a nutritionist and a trainer and they're really dialing in everything in service of peak performance at, at basketball, football, why not do the same for your own self as, yeah. as a founder or as a parent or as a, like what, whatever your thing is in life. Like, like you're also like, I think your average soccer mom, soccer dad, I think that's just as I as like being a quarterback, you know, it's the like biggest I, game and, of all it's life. <laughs> right. And, it, and, and I don't, it's like, there's no shame in having like having a coach or a therapist or having like that time to like check in someone who's done it before, or literally someone who can just like share the load or provide a objective third party vantage on the situation. Like, why like we're all we're all mental athletes of yeah. of our own lives it's the big game every day and um i think i think that's a really helpful analogy that you drew there well well said i mean and thank you it's and i, I you know I'll, I'll close on that point because i think it's again just for for this series as well just for you know any of the founders and teams listening I mean, it's just an important point you know fine and and we're all different right like it might whether it's therapists or I mean, for me, I'm, I consider myself a mental fitness strategist, like trying to figure out these, these strategies for your mind to be able to thrive and, and process high emotion and stuff like that. Um, but there's a million different things that you can do, right? Just like if you don't like running, running, that doesn't rule out exercise. Like there's so many different things that you can do is just to find your, find your sweet spot or what, you know, what will help. But the key is to do something, right? Cause like left on autopilot. I don't care, you know, like who you are, eventually that catches up to you and, and, you know, that's going to affect the business. That's going to affect your, your personal life and, and no one wins in that situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you got, you got to do something painful or difficult on a regular basis or every day. A really interesting 
hearing that from of all people from Jerry Seinfeld, who hmm. uh, who does he exercises pretty much every day and he does transcendental meditation like multiple times a day. And like, he's not that guy. Like he's known for being like funny guy, like number one comedy show on television for nine years. And then like exited at the top of the game. Like, but when he unpacks like, Hey, how was I able to achieve that? Like number one sitcom, like, like random, a random episode of Seinfeld, like from, I don't know, 1998 or something. Well, it got more views than like, like, the season finale of game of thrones like because we were still in that kind of monoculture where there's only like a small number of tv stations everyone watching seinfeld and and how is he able to do it and it's interesting when he unpacks it it's like it's exactly what you're saying it's like like you gotta have this discipline it's like he's kind of hardcore about it he's like a drill Mm -hmm. sergeant he's a very funny guy on the outside but he's very like disciplined in his practice does something painful every day physically mentally very very organized in his writing process and that was just that was one example that I really liked where he's, he's yeah. as like funny and affable as it gets, but even he has this like hardcore like does yeah, yeah, he does the training. Yeah. 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 Totally. Oh man, well we could go on forever. That's that's for sure. And maybe we'll have to do a part two one of these days. Um I just want to thank you, uh, A, for for taking some time obviously to come on the show and, and share a bit of your journey and the, the amazing work that you guys are doing and your rituals, your routines and and everything in between. Um, and a bigger thank you to, to you and the team for, you know, this isn't easy stuff that you're doing, like showing up each day and, and really pushing science really, and, and, and opening up and like looking at like, like inviting all these other, you know, researchers to come in in these fields of research that who knows how long it would have taken to get to that level, uh, had you guys not, you know, taken on some of that responsibility yourself. So thank you for, for, for doing that and for everyone listening and everyone that, uh, is, is touched by, by your ripple effect. Thanks so much, Mark. And yeah, right back at you really respect for the platform that you built and getting the good word out there. And thanks for having me on. It's a lot of fun. Be well, my man. Same in. 